you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to two places, Matthew chapter 28 and Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 28 and Matthew 22. We are in the middle of a series that we started a few weeks ago, and the series is called Be the Church. Be the Church. And what we've been trying to do in this series is look at answering the question, what is it to be the church? What is a church? And we have talked about how in the New Testament, when you see the word church, it is translated from the Greek word ekklesia, which just means an assembly of people. And so when we talk about a church, we're talking about an assembly of believers in Jesus, a group of people gathered together uh, to worship Jesus, to learn about Jesus, to uh, a gathering of Christians. And so a church is not the building, but the church really is the group of people that meet inside the building. And so not only have we talked about what a church is, but we've talked about what a church is supposed to be doing. And to discover what a church is supposed to be doing, we've been looking at two passages in Matthew. And one is the, what's called the Great Commission. We find that in Matthew 28, starting in verse 19. Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age we've also looked at Matthew 22 which is the the greatest commandment and Jesus in verse 37 Jesus replied love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself and so we've looked at both of those passages, and the, the first one we looked at, the Great Commission, really gives us the main purpose or mission of the church. It's right in the very first statement that Jesus says. He says, therefore, go and make disciples. The main mission or purpose of the church is to make disciples. And, how, and then the, the rest of, of that commission and also the, the great commandments that we see there, in there we find some of the ways to do that, to accomplish that mission of making disciples. And we see that as uh, partly in connecting with God and connecting with others. We see that in growing in our knowledge and our understanding of God's word and our obedience to God's word. We find it in serving in ministry, which is what we're going to talk about today. And then we also find uh, it in uh, going into the world with the good news of the gospel. So today and, and next week, the, the serve and the go part, in those two parts of accomplishing the mission, there are two areas that, frankly, that a lot of Christians just don't do. I mean, there are areas that, as we will see that as believers that we need to do in order to become fully mature disciples, but many Christians never get involved in serving or in going. Why is that? It's because these two require us to do something. 
to do something that involves other people. I mean, it's easier to do the other two, to connect with God. I mean, it's easy to do that. I, I come to church and I focus on me connecting with God and worshiping God or reading God's Word. And it, I, then also the, the growing part, I, it's, it's about me growing. And so I, I read my Bible, I pray, I listen to podcasts, I listen to sermons, I, I grow in my... All of those things about me... But the other two involve not only me, but it involves we. It involves other people. And so it can be easier for me to focus on me because all of us, naturally, we, uh, we want to take care of ourselves. And so it's easier for our, to focus on our personal growth. But the other two, serving and going, requires us to, to serve other people. And what makes serving and going outside the walls of the church with the gospel a little tougher is that it, it, many times it requires us to step out of our comfort zones. We've talked about connecting with God and others and growing in our knowledge and obedience of God's word in the past few messages, but today we're talking about serving. And when we talk about serving, we're talking about serving in ministry. A growing disciple is one who serves, is one who ministers to other people. When we talk about serving in a ministry, I think it's important for us to understand what the definition of ministry is. You may say, oh, I know what ministry is. It's, it's, uh, it's singing on the worship team. It's playing the piano. It's preaching. It's teaching a Sunday school class. But ministry really just means to serve others. So when anyone is serving others, they're ministering to them. And when we look at the issue of, of ministry, we find it, that the heartbeat of the ministry is the second great commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. When we're ministering to other people or serving other people, we're treating others the way that we would want to be treated. When we look in the New Testament, we find that there are a lot of one another statements. There are close to a hundred of those one another statements in the New, New Testament. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another. Serve one another in love. And serving is also a part of that connecting with others that we talked about a few weeks ago. Remember that in that message we talked about that when we connect with others in the body of Christ, we, when, when we're, we're doing that, that a couple of things happen. It gives us an opportunity to be ministered to because when we're connecting with others, uh, that means that we're spending time with other people. We're connected with them, and it gives. And when we're going through tough times, it gives other people an opportunity to minister to our needs. But then also, when we're connected with one another, it gives us an opportunity to minister to the needs of others. You see, in the body of Christ, there are times when when you're the one that's going to be ministering to somebody's needs, but then there are also those times when you are going to be the one that needs ministering to. So when we're serving one another, we're ministering to others. So let's see what the Bible has to say about ministry. And I want to look at, at a passage in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at a couple of passages in, in Ephesians. But in Ephesians chapter 2, we find this, that every believer is a minister. Every believer is a minister. Now in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verses 8 and 9, 
those are probably very familiar if you've been in church for very long. Those are going to be two very familiar verses of Scripture. Paul says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So right there, he starts out for those two, two verses right there, sets out and say, talks about salvation. It says that we are saved. We, we, our sins have been forgiven. We are saved by a grace through our faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In other words, he says, we're not saved because of what we do. We're not saved by teaching a Sunday school class. We're not saved because we give X amount of dollars to the church. We're not saved because we sing on the worship team. We're not saved by serving in the nursery. We're not saved by those things, he says. We're saved through our faith. We're not saved by those other things because if they were, then we could boast about it. We could say, boy, God loves me more than anybody else because I serve in the nursery. God loves me more than, but than anybody else because I play keyboard on the worship team or you know any of those things. We can't do that, he says. We're saved by our faith. We're saved by what Christ has already done, not what, by what we do. But then the very next statement, right after that, notice what Paul says in verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So Paul says we're saved not because of what we do. But then right after that he says, but, he says, God has created us to do good works that he has prepared for us in advance. In other words, God has created us to do good works. It's another way of saying that God has created each and every one of us to serve one another, to minister to one another. Paul addresses this church and notices what, notice what Paul says. He says, you church have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. In other words, Paul says, church, God has created you to serve. He's created you to serve, church. And I would say that to you today, Spring River Assembly of God. God has created you to serve others in ministry. <coughs> you may think, Again, of ministry, you may think, well, you know what, I can't sing, and so, you know, I, how, can I be, how can I do ministry? I can't sing. I, I can't do that. I, I don't want to preach. I don't want to stand up, and, and I can't teach. I don't want to stand up in a group of people and, 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 and teach. I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't think I've been gifted to do that. But, but the thing is, is that God has created every single person with gifts and abilities. You know, not all ministry is stuff that's up front like that. Not all ministry is singing on the worship team or teaching a Sunday school class. Really, ministry is any time you're doing something to serve another person, that you're ministering to the needs of someone else, you're doing ministry. Example, someone has a surgery and that you prepare a meal for them when they come home. Guess what? You are ministering to a need that they have. You're serving. Someone needs a ride to church and you pick them up and bring them to church. You're minist that's ministry. Your neighbor's been sick and hasn't been able to mow their lawn, and so instead of calling the city and saying, hey, the, my knucklehead neighbor hasn't, hasn't mowed their lawn, you know that they've, they've been in the hospital and everything. Instead of doing that, you go next door and you mow their lawn. You're doing ministry. You serve at a church dinner. You're doing ministry. You drive a, a church van or you ride on the church van. You're doing ministry. <coughs> <coughs> 
see somebody hasn't been in church for a while and you pick up the phone and you call them or you text them you're doing ministry all of those are examples of serving or ministering ministering to others god has created all of us to serve somewhere god has called the body of christ to serve god has created you to serve church let's look over in ephesians chapter 4 couple of chapters over so everyone is a minister and also every ministry is important look in ephesians 4 starting in verse 11 paul says it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare god's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its part. Notice that last verse again. From him, from Jesus, who's the head of the body of Christ, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work Paul's conclusion is that the church is built up when each part of the body is doing its part when each part of the body is working what we can conclude from that is that every ministry every ministry is important every ministry is important Everything that you do to serve others is important. The bottom line is that you are an important part to the health and growth of the body of Christ. When we talk about ministry, we talk about serving, and Paul uses this, this picture of the body of Christ. And Think about the human body for just a, a moment. Now, there are parts of the human body that, you can see, that are very visible, and you can see those, and then there are parts of the body that that are you know under the skin you can't see them but just because you can't see them doesn't mean that they are not important i mean you know the hands the feet the body the face the eyes the hair those are very visible you can see those things the heart the lungs the internal organs you can't see those but which one of those are the most important the heart, the lungs, or the hair? Yeah, it's the heart, the lungs. You can't see the heart. You're, you may look on the outside and everything may look really good. You know, you may, somebody may have, their, their hair may look really nice. A lady, their makeup may, may look really nice. They've got the jewelry on and, and they're wearing nice clothing and everything on the outside looks really good. But if there's an issue with the heart, just because everything looks good on the outside doesn't mean that they're not sick. And so many parts of the body, even though you can't see them, they are vitally important. They're vitally important. And so it is with the body of Christ. Just because you can't see a ministry, just because it's not up front, doesn't mean that it's not important. 
just because they're not standing on the stage up here, just because they're not standing behind a pulpit, they're not standing in front of a Sunday school class, doesn't mean that a ministry isn't important. <coughs> Obviously, there are a lot of visible ministries in, in any church. I mean, the worship team is up front. The preacher, the evangelist is up front. The Sunday school teachers, they're up front. Wednesday night kids ministry leaders, they're up front. Children's church volunteers, they're serving up front. Youth ministry, they're up front serving those areas and those are all out front those are very visible there's also a lot of behind the scenes ministries there's the sound and the the video which you don't notice unless something goes wrong right i mean as long as the 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 as long as the, as the volume level sounds good and everything's going good you don't notice them until there's feedback coming through the uh, through the the speakers and then everybody turns and looks at the sound person Nursery, not up front, but parents know how vitally important that the nursery is. Our greeters, van drivers, bus drivers. I mean, if we didn't have, have people that were willing to drive vans to pick up students, a lot of, most of those students wouldn't go to church anywhere because their parents just aren't, they wouldn't take them to church. People decorating, preparing meals for those who've had surgery, preparing meals and serving at funeral dinners. All of those things aren't necessarily up front. Nobody is, is uh, maybe even realizes that they're going on, but they are vitally important. Just as the, the ligaments to a knee, you can't see, but they are vitally important for, for walking and running. Those ministries that you can't see are just as important as the ones that you can see. And so every ministry is important. Every ministry is important. That's what Paul, again, that last verse in Ephesians 4, verse 16, he said, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in, each, in love as each part does its work. As each part, as every person, as every ministry does their part in the church, the church grows. It, it builds itself up. The church is healthy. And the, the, the truth is this, is that as a, as a body, together we can do more than we can do individually. A pastor can't do everything in a church. The, uh, the, the Sunday school teachers can't do everything in the church. It, there's too, much, too many people to reach for Christ. There's too many, too many people to minister to. But when we're all playing a part, when we're all doing our part, then we can minister to more people, we can care for more people, we can do what God's called us to do. Go with me over to Romans chapter 12 and 1 Peter chapter 4 uh, as we get close to, to finishing up here. Romans chapter 12 and 1 Peter chapter 4, we see two, two lists of, of some gifts. So every believer is a minister, every, every ministry is important, and the third thing is that growing disciples, they use their gifts to serve others. In Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. 
If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So Paul, again, he, he lists several gifts there that people have, and he says if you have that gift, then you should use that gift. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, Paul, or Peter says this. He says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Let me read that again. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Notice that in both of those, those passages, I mean, those aren't uh, exhaustive lists of, of gifts that, that people have, but he says, if you have this gift, he said, you should use it to serve others. Use it to serve others. That's why God gave us those gifts. In this room, each one of you in this room, you have gifts and abilities. You have gifts and abilities. And those gifts and abilities that you have, God has given to you, and you can use those gifts and abilities to serve others. And when each of us uses our gifts and abilities to serve others, we grow as disciples, and the church grows because each of us are doing our part. And you may think, well, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I know there are things that I can do, but I'm just not sure that, that I could do that to serve others. What if I mess up? Well, if you mess up, you, you try again because... Again, one of the parts of, of serving is a lot of times it requires us to stretch our faith. It, it causes us to, to maybe stretch out of our comfort zone. We're, we're, you know, like I'm, I'm comfortable sitting here in the, in the seat. I'm comfortable sitting here in the pew. You know, I can do this and I can sing here. But, but boy, I don't know about stepping. I don't know about driving a church van and picking kids up. I don't, I don't know about that. Or, I, you know, I, I don't know about, about serving in the nursery. I, I don't know if I could care for babies. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I could, if I could be a, a greeter, if I could stand at the door and hand someone a bulletin and, and smile at them and shake hands. I don't know if I could do that. I'm not very comfortable doing that. When we use our gifts and abilities, many times it, we have to step out in faith. We might make some mistakes, but you know what? You keep, a go you keep going. You, you get involved, and you keep, you keep doing it. I mean, when, when I got involved, when I started in ministry, the very first thing that I ever did in ministry was playing on a worship team. Uh, we were in college, and, and I, I, had my, I played saxophone on the worship team, and, and I did that for probably the first four or five years of our, of our marriage. In, in churches that, that we were at and um, after we, we got out of college and the, the church we were at uh, they asked us, they said, hey, would you you guys are teachers, would you, would you teach a, a middle school Sunday school we need a middle school Sunday school class teachers could, could you do that? And so so we, were we were Sunday school teachers and to middle school kids and students and we, we did that for, for a year or so and then then they asked us to, to be youth sponsors and help out with the youth. And then we went to a, we came to another church and, and uh, we got involved with the, the youth ministry uh, doing that. And, 
I mean, every, that's, that's what we did. We, we made some mistakes, but we stepped out and we, we started serving. And, uh, and, you know, we used our gifts and our abilities. We kept on going. And that's what we all do. That's what everybody does. They, you, you step out. You, you begin doing something. You find a, an area of ministry where you could serve, where you could, you could be, uh, use your gifts and abilities, and you start serving somewhere. I want to close today. You received a card when you came at the beginning of the message. And here's what this card is. Sometimes in, in church, it's you come and you're, you're, you're attending and you maybe you have gifts and abilities, but nobody knows that you have those gifts and abilities. And you sit in the pew and you would like to get involved serving somewhere, but you're not sure, how, how do I get involved? How, what do I do? And I always think of it as, as similar to like you are, you're in your car and you are, are getting ready to, to, you know, to, to go to Springfield. And so you're, you're on, the, on the road. And so you, you get over by the interstate and you think, how do I get on? I know the interstate goes to Springfield. How, how do I get on to the interstate? And so you're looking for where's the on-ramp. Oh, here's the on-ramp. This is how I get onto the interstate. And you, you have the way that on-ramp gets you on the interstate to get where you want to go. Well, this card is an on-ramp. Maybe you have been wanting to serve. You've been looking for a way to get involved in serving and, and using some, your gifts and abilities to, to serve others. And so this card is an on-ramp for you. On the front of it, it has a place to put your name, phone number, email on there. And on the back, it has some of the ministries. Uh, it has the ministries that we, we currently have here at Spring River. And so if you have gifts and abilities that could be, could be used in those areas, that you could use your gifts and abilities in those areas, then you can check the box on there, and then we'll contact you and uh, let you know how how we can get you involved in serving in those areas. So I want you to take a few moments to fill out this card before you leave today. And we'll have our uh, uh, Kevin and, and Galen, if you guys will stand at the doors, and, and uh, as they leave here today, they can hand you the, the cards to, to get, to, they can turn those in to me. And so over the next few weeks, we'll you turn all those cards in, we'll, we'll contact you and help you to get involved in serving in those areas. But again, God has given you gifts and abilities. Are you using those gifts and abilities to serve others? Are you, are you serving others? Are you ministering to others? Because God has given you those gifts to do that. And Paul said that when we are working together and we are serving one another with our gifts, that we are building one another up, that we are maturing in our faith, and that we are growing 
into a mature disciple of Christ, which is what Jesus told us to do, to make disciples. So let me close in prayer and pray over you. You can fill out those cards and turn those in. Father, I thank you so much for, God, for this body, local church, this local body of Christ. Lord, you have have brought each one here to this body of Christ, to this local church, to be part of this local church. And Lord, I thank you for the gifts and the abilities that you have given to each and every one that's in this room. And Lord, I pray that in these next few moments, I pray that you would begin to have a bur- place a burden in the hearts of your people that they would look for areas where they could use their gifts and abilities to serve, to serve others. That that would, in that serving, that helps them to grow in their faith, helps them to grow as believers, and helps others to grow in their faith as well. So Lord, help us as a church, help us to all do our part to use the gifts and, and abilities that you have given us Lord, I thank you for each and every one that's in this room. Lord, help us to continue growing in our faith and in service to you and service to others. In Jesus' name, amen.